0: Welcome to the New Future podcast, where we talk to business leaders, researchers, and visionary thinkers about what happens next. I'm Kate Rainscoldi. And I'm Kate Rosavina. On this week's episode, we're talking to Michael Dixon, an award winning speaker, author, and creativity expert who works with Fortune 500 and ASX 200 companies, including Google, YouTube, and Lululemon. A musician and artist by background, Michael is known for demonstrating the power of creativity by infusing it into his work. So it's not a surprise he's known for playing the grand piano as part of his keynotes. And he has a new book coming out later this year, aptly titled, Everyday Creative, A Dangerous Guide to Making Magic at Work. Michael, welcome to the new future.
1: Thank you for having me, Kate.
0: (laughs) I see what you did there.
1: It's great to be here.
0: (laughs) So I'd love to dig in a bit more to your work and what you're currently working on. So can you tell us a bit more about what it is that you do, the magic that you create?
1: Well, there's the question pre-COVID-19 and there's the question of yes. what work you currently doing <laughs> post or during COVID-19. Um, the work I was doing was a lot of speaking, a lot of, uh, you know, conference de- design and event learning experience design with leadership teams and with, with large or small organisations that are looking to not just give themselves an edge, commercially, but also to um, to create a better experience and get the most out of their people uh, across that whole spectrum of both what they deliver, but also just how they can add value in new, exciting, dynamic ways. What is that looking like during a pandemic? Uh, creating a whole lot of content, staring at a screen, doing live streams and writing newsletters and building websites and... I don't know how I feel like right in this very moment about the creative process is I need uh, – it's easy to forget how important it is to um, to have downtime mm-hmm. and, it, you know, like you can't just be all output creative. There's so – the value of input when it comes to a creative process, um, which is probably a lovely segue into, you know, talking about creativity on this podcast is uh, – yeah, we need to we need to allow ourselves the time and space to be inputting more diverse, interesting, beautiful, unique, magical influences as opposed to just trying to create relentlessly and produce and produce and deliver outcomes for our clients or ourselves.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's it's it's really I think being in isolation has really underscored that importance of that input and it's like you can spend all this time in front of a screen it's like my, my warnings on my phone are like, your screen time is up like 5 million percent. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and interestingly too, like say pre-COVID, I might have, I might have advised people, they said, oh, what can I do? What's something really easy I can do to, to you know, uh, ignite some more creativity? I said, man, just watch a movie. You know, just give yourself the time to sit down and check out, do some YouTube searching and follow that wormhole and see where you end up. But now it's really showing also that, um, get off the screen, get away from the screen, get out of your house, get away from the idea that you're struggling with. Like do everything you can to get as much distance as you can from the problem or the challenge or the work that you're trying to create because um, brain just doesn't, it doesn't work in that linear way. It's not a mm. machine. It needs to depress and it needs to, to drift off and wander and get lost For the subconscious to process and come up with something interesting.
0: Mm, I've been finding I need. I've I've always found that being in nature has helped me um, to be more creative and to just kind of you know if I'm stuck. But it's like now it's even more important to go and be in nature as part
1: of my process. Yeah, (laughs) just sitting outside. You know, just just a walk, anything.
2: Yeah. And Michael, and so what are you um, seeing, I guess, on the ground right now um, in in your space?
1: In my living room?
2: Uh, (laughs) Yes, in your um, industry. What's a
1: Lego? (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah, with the whole... Uh, pandemic, or rather, like even what would you like to see? I guess what what major changes would you like to see?
1: It's a big, it's a beautiful question. What I'm seeing is not a whole lot because, yeah, I'm locked in my living room, um, but I am seeing, I'm seeing lots of people try to figure out what's next, and I guess people, I guess organizations are, are they're just holding their breath a little bit. I think that they're like, okay. Let's just wait another couple of months and see what happens. There's, there initially there was a big hold on spending with a lot of my clients, and events were obviously postponed for six and then twelve months, and then some even longer than that. Um, so we're in this great pause, and there's this there's been a, an inhale, and we're we're in between breaths, you know, the inhale and the exhale, uh, which is which is kind of interesting. I think it's inside of that pause, there's been this. I love this evolving collective question or inquiry that seems to have touched on all of us at the same point, you know, it, with varying degrees, but but almost the same week by week. At first we were like, oh my God, we just wanted to go back to normal. And then a couple of weeks after that, we were like, well, hang on, I'm quite enjoying this, you know, time and space. And then we're starting to get like, oh, I'm freaked out. This is getting weird. I don't understand this anymore. Yeah. And then and then, you know, with, with the idea that possibly restrictions are being lifted, we move into like, well, I'm not sure I want to go back to that old world anymore. Uh, so what do I want to leave behind and what do I want to take? And I think the question that we're going to be asking ourselves from here onwards is, um, well, who am I going to be not when and not what, but who am I going to be? Uh, and who do I, what parts of myself do I need to set fire to or let go of, um, to be one of the custodians or one of these chaperones that can help usher in and lead this new world that we're looking forward to co-creating. And that's where I think it starts getting to a very interesting question around our identity and, um, and a conscious transformation. You know, what, what are we, not just what are we willing to let go of or set fire to in the world in how we used to work and go about our daily lives, but what are we willing to do that about ourselves, which is um, another whole layer of, (laughs) <laughs> do we really want to go there, you know?
0: And I, think, I think that's a great segue into the next question, which is um, why is creativity key to that that creation, that new future that we're sort of about to see, about to give birth to, I feel like?
1: The definition of creativity is evolving every year. And it's. Um, I'm sure you've done lots of research around that. It's quite a recent phenomenon. Uh, if you if you go back and look at the word itself or our relationship to it and how it's changed and evolved over time. But we're definitely in a boom right now. I mean, one of the taglines I use in my marketing is that creativity is now the strongest economic currency. And if we were to devi- define it as uh, the ability to to find or form new, new value that's useful and original, then that's all there is to do now in the world of work. It's to create or find and form new value that is original and useful that's i mean so as a commercial you know application yeah i just can't see every single person in your organization needs to be creative and the question then becomes well you know are they already and science tells us that we are um so then it's about drawing that out and activating that in whatever way and if we were to take a bit more of a you know, a spiritual woo-woo vibe on this whole conversation just for kicks. What other reason or purpose are we here as individuals other than to remember or rediscover or recreate, you know, the fullest expression of who we are? So it's to reach our creative potential. It's to give all of ourselves to all of our life, which includes our work, uh, which is just a pure creative process and, if, and whether that's a flower becoming itself, you know, as it opens its petals to the sun or whether that's, you know, a, f- a flowing river that that is just moving energy and growing and ebbing and flowing and doing all of this stuff or it's a human being as they move through many career iterations. Um, it's all a creative process. So seeing, not just seeing what you do at work as creative but seeing your life as something to create is um, – I hope that's what we, more of us start doing outside of, you know, the next season of this bizarre world we call 2020.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so I think before COVID, we were all obsessed with STEM. So science, technology, engineering, math, and like getting. Well,
1: some of you were. Yeah. (laughs) I was very obsessed with STEAM.
0: Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you about because I I feel like STEAM. So STEM is science, technology, engineering, math. And STEAM is adding art into that. And you you've talked about um, that idea of artistic intelligence mm-hmm. being a key a key thing it's, for the future.
1: It's interesting. I love Australia. And, you know, we punch above our weight in sport, in the arts, in science and technology in so many ways. But there's also, you know, in some other ways you really got to just – Get with the program a bit. And as as we've had this rush in the last five years, STEM, 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 we gotta go, STEM. We've got to like go all our kids to be coders and they've got to be science and maths and tech. <laughs> the East, you know, and the edge the way that kids have been educated in the East have had a large focus on that for a number of years, from you know, South Korea and China and Singapore and places like this. They've all shifted. They got some of the best education in the world, and, and all of those countries that have done so well and thrived on a STEM-style education have now all pivoted hard to esteem where they're doing empathy training and they're more about sensory awareness and embodiment and aesthetic intelligence, artistic intelligence, because they recognize that we're going to have algorithms that can build algori- algorithms far better than we can. So the, the science, maths, you know, technical component will almost be able to, that will continue with Moore's law to take care of itself But what's going to give us an edge or an advantage, what's going to enable us to still add new value like we were just sharing about, it's not going to come from that logical, rational, analytical part of our brain. It's going to come from the sensory, aesthetic, emotive, intuitive, artistic part of our being, not just our brain. And um, that is a glorious journey. Mm -hmm. What I love most about that, if I can ramble a little bit more on this topic, is – the way that we get that, that might be your next question. So, how do we, how do we bring more of that into our lives, that artistic intelligence? You don't find and activate that in you in the same way that you would STEM, science, technology, Matt. You don't sit in a room. You don't learn in the same way. You learn through experience. You learn through reflection. You learn through making. So, Lego play. You learn through using your hands and that tactile experience, throwing yourself in the deep end. And then figuring it out as you go, which is not how you learn a maths equation. You don't just go, oh, I don't know. Well, what about if I put a subtraction there and and <laughs> I'm a, play a little with my calculator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But so there's so we, you know, a key element of this is if we want to bring more steam, more of the arts and the, the humanity into our into our being, into our workplace, we can't bring it through the old lens. We have to bring it through a new. A new way, which is awesome.
0: Hmm. I think that touches on nicely with your your book that's coming out, The Everyday Creative. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: It's called Everyday Creative: A Dangerous Guide to Making Magic at Work, and it talks about exactly that. It's this. Um, it's about how you can keep working the job that you're in. You know, there's a there's a the overarching premise is. Whatever circumstance you're in, it might be a job that you don't like right now, or it might be a position that you don't really like right now, doesn't mean you can't make it something magical. Doesn't mean that you can't use what's available to you, which is your own creativity, which is your own self-expression, to make it more enjoyable for you. And if you do that, chances are you're gonna be more effective at what you do. You're gonna get more results. So it's like a double-edged sort of joy where you're proactively making your work a work of art which is going to make you more successful you know which will make your company more profitable which will make everybody happy so it's like a it's like a shortcut uh by taking the scenic route to to a better life this book sounds amazing i should <laughs> buy it and read it <laughs>
2: Um, it's, it does sound amazing. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, the scenic cool. shortcut to being happy. That's right. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> and Michael, do you also feel, I, I personally feel like it's really important also to feel safe psychologically if you really want to be creative. Uh, do you feel like that's a really important part as well?
1: 100%. And the research tells us that, you know, the most high performing teams, are the ones that feel psychologically safe with one another, we all have... Scars and wounds and bruises from expressing ourselves as children, moving into adolescent, moving into teens and then adults, where we sang and got laughed at, or we shared a poem and were ridiculed, and it's like, that's it. Or maybe we grew up with a sister that was creative, and so mum and dad, and aunties and uncles would reaffirm that narrative that, oh, your sister's the creative one. You're more of the, you know, the analytical science one. <laughs> and so we've adopted these stories and we've carried them through and we've even shaped our entire life as a result of, of um, you know, these stories that maybe either we made up or were thrust upon us. And so it's terrifying to our brain, to the amygdala, to, you know, these parts of ourselves to, to risk our identity, our personality, by, by saying here, I made this. Do you want to check it out? Do you want to play? I'll, I'll say, yes, I'll create something with you. It's, it's terrifying. So to, to, um, yeah, to start to work our way back into, maybe I could create a little video and put it on LinkedIn, or maybe I could share an idea in a meeting, or maybe I could center align my emails or do whatever people want to do. Um, yeah, you know, you've got to make, it's knowing that it's, it's terrifying and risky and dangerous um means you know you've got to try to create some kind of place for yourself that it does feel safer and and a way that I do that is I've just I make sure that I've got a beautiful loving team of people around me uh that I call on all the time just to like (laughs) literally I'll open the conversation with hey man how you doing dude I just need to tell you I I need you to tell me that I'm amazing (laughs) Like, I just need you to tell me that I'm great. Cause right now I'm freaking out. I'm worried about sending this newsletter or I'm worried that the last video was shit or I'm worried that blah, blah, blah. I'm terrified of judgment and expectation and pressure and all of that stuff. And, uh, and so I've set up a structure of safety where people can, um, can go, no, man, it's all good. You're amazing. We love you. You're fantastic. Keep going, keep giving. So, I can be that for your listeners if they want to call me. My number is five five five. I'll make you feel special. Whatever.
2: <laughs> it's really important, though, for many uh, managers and leaders in companies, right? To, to um, who do want? Because so there's so many managers who say, "Yes, we want creativity in our company." But then when it comes to the reality, it's all about punishment and deliverables and everything has to be done perfectly on time and so on. So that doesn't actually help um, if, if, if your goal is to, to have a culture of creativity, then actually you as a manager need to create that environment for people to feel safe, to be able 100%. to embarrass themselves and um, not face the consequences, I guess. 100%.
1: So- Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And with that, you know, even if you are a manager or you are a leader and you yourself are going through a creative transformation or you're trying to recover your creativity and you're feeling out of your depth and scared and worried, just put yours aside for a little bit and just shift your focus instead to trying to identify and nurture that creativity in others. So when you can see or sense that someone's feeling a little vulnerable, just love them up. You know, your role now, is to empower and just to to remind people, hey, it's fantastic that you put that idea forward. Oh my God, that last project, doesn't matter that it fell flat. It was amazing that you gave it a crack. It was amazing that you threw your hat in the ring and said, I want to play. And the more that people are reaffirmed, like I call on my people to remind me as a leader, if, if your role purely was just to tell your people every single day, for nine hours a day, you're amazing. What you're doing is incredible. Keep going, keep going. I love what you did here. This is a, ima- the the compound impact of that, the courage that you would instill mm-hmm. into your teams, and the mm-hmm. fearless, you know, the bravery to take risks and experiment and support one another, and it would it would become part of the vernacular where everyone is just, I love that. I love that. And then, and you know, when people feel that safe and and supported by one another, then you really can. Um, you can also be critical of one another. You can say, you know, I didn't like that last one. Well, yeah. let's, I reckon you can make it better. But unless you've got that, that bedding of trust, which comes from love, yeah. uh, you're not, no one's ever going to give real feedback. Everyone's going to tiptoe around the edges. It's, it's, nothing meaningful is going to be created or no profound breakthrough creativity will take place because everyone's like, you know, tiptoeing and, yeah, I, I liked it, Teresa, <laughs> you know? Passive aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> not what we want at all. Yeah,
0: I think that's, and I think you know that there's that other buzzword, innovation, right? And I think what you, that you're, you're what you're talking about is also key to innovation. Like love and creativity. If you don't have that, then you don't actually have real innovation. Like in in the sense of trying something new and maybe failing and learning from the failure and actually doing something that's completely new and different.
1: Yeah, innovation has been always been a, fun, a funny word for me. <coughs> I, j- I kind of collapse the two a lot of the time, I think.
0: Creativity you know, you and innovation.
1: Have, yeah, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Like it's creativity is the engine room of innovation. Innovation, I guess you could define as something that people adopt, you know, at, instead of a wild, crazy idea that happened once. Okay, let's roll that out and we can use that, or, you know, change a system or that could become a product or a, an offering or whatever else. Um, but you can't have one you cannot have innovation without creativity. You cannot have creativity without psychological safety. Um, or you cannot have, this is probably a good little train of thought. You can't have innovation without creativity. You can't have creativity without courage. You can't have courage without psychological safety. You can't have psychological safety without love. So just start loving each other, everyone. <laughs> Kumbaya,
0: my Lord. <laughs> Oh, I love Maya. it. <laughs> it's so good.
1: Uh, this is great. We should do this every Friday.
0: <laughs> I'm down for that.
1: Uh, so what else? <laughs> you so I'm so. I hope I'm not, you know, throwing your podcast out. No, this I'm, is I'm great. Having such a great time with you guys. It's awesome. <laughs>
2: Um, I guess we can also ask any other um, uh, unexpected or surprising impacts uh, of um, COVID 19. Yeah, to
0: circle it back to that, you know, the fun yeah. pandemic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like do you think there will be any other um, long term um, surprises of, um, of the whole pandemic?
1: I hope I did. Uh, I've got a live stream show, a uh, TV show every week. It's called Open Mic. And mm-hmm. we get people on. And we, it's very, it's live and improvised and spontaneous and whatever else. And we did a theme. The theme last week was joy, and what came up a lot was around permission. People really feeling like they've got to give themselves permission to to feel joy or to give joy or to experience joy. And someone wrote in the comment thread, "Joy is an act of defiance." And I just, I thought, you know what? There is going to be when we return out of this. You know, pandemic, if we ever return, whatever, you know, comes next. There are a lot of what we talk about and what we want for the world in terms of, you know, what we value and how we want to be with each other and the time and frequency and speed that we want to live our lives on and the cost of things and whatever else. Um, A lot of it, it's going to feel like an act of defiance. It's going to feel like we're having to say stop to the old machine to the to the way things that were and that's going to be tough for a lot of people and I think you know particularly sensitive people people that that are empaths or that really care and live a values-driven life I think the machine is going to dial it's going to turn back on and dial itself up to to 11 you know what I mean that's my my hunch So we're going to need to look out for each other, and I think we're going to need to really stick together um, and and keep reminding one another, hey, this is this is there's a beautiful silver lining opportunity in this moment, not to just um, for it not to just be a bunch of hot air and a you know a few nice blog articles, but to really to really say no to a lot of things and say yes to a lot of other things. And if there's one thing that I'm, I want to ask this question to both of you actually after I answer it, but one thing I'm going to really try to do even from now is to put, is to live my life at the speed that works for me. You know, like this the this, this speed of life just feels so relentless to me. It's like you've got to keep producing. You've got to stay on the thing and don't stop. Rah. But if we're talking about creativity, I need time to do really great work and I don't want to put out a newsletter every week. You know, sometimes it might take me six months to put out a newsletter and if that costs me my readers or, you know, I lose momentum I want to be okay with that because what matters to me is that the work, you know, is coming from a deeper place and more authentic and it just, I want the process of making to feel as joyful as what I hope people feel if they consume or experience something I've created. Does that make sense? Mm, Because I think it will have more power. Mm. So that's what I, I really want to, I want to work on myself and trying to in trying to work from my own time. But can I extend that question to you two? Is it, you know, what are you going to do from here on in?
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, it's, it's very similar to that because I found my when when all this first started happening, because we kind of both work in the same space and doing a lot of events. Well, the way we deliver is a lot of events and face-to-face and facilitation, and so I think it was one of the first industries to be hit really hard, and I kind of had that same feeling, okay, so I'm going to go hardcore about starting to put all this stuff online and being really, um, you know, work even harder. And then it just it just felt really extra horrible. And so my, my – and then I was, like, looking at, okay, well, I can start delivering events online. And part of the reason I do what I do is because I love working with people and helping people, and it's just not the same. It feels like, you know, setting up a home studio – it's like being a TV star. I don't want to be a TV. I, I don't want, I want to be working with people and doing stuff with Lego and not being like on internet TV as my primary way of engaging with people. So I've really taken this time just to take some time and, and like do this podcast with Kate. Cause it was something I really wanted to do in terms of talking to people. Yes. It's on, you know, it's virtual, but it's, um, yeah, to really slow down and to, yeah. uh, be proactive rather than reactive. And I feel like I, I feel like people, even though we've gone to that extreme of being almost too much on the other end of things, I really hope that it does help us to stay slowed down because it's just not healthy and it's not mm. creative and it's not creating the kind of world that we want. And I mm. feel so much better being slower and not feeling the need to do things all the time. Mm. It's hard to maintain that longer term <laughs> being, you know, financially sustainable. Um, but, I, but I really hope that that's something that we build into the new future.
1: And that's such a bigger philosophical question in that it's, you know, when you mentioned oh, it's really hard to do that with the financial pressures eventually because mm-hmm. it just immediately throws up, well, then we need to change that yep. because clearly that doesn't work for us then. And one, th- before I throw it to the other, Kate, notice how I've just taken over your podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, it's great having you guys on uh, my show. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love that you said uh, being more proactive rather than reactive, but there's a twist, like, there's an irony there in that the proactivity you're talking about is slowing down. Yeah. So being reactive We've all been reactive to this circumstance, means we've worked even harder. <laughs> but it's like, no, I'm going to be proactive about slowing the fuck down. Yeah. If I can swear. <laughs> and that's just like, yeah. And that's, I think that comes back to the defiance. It's like, no, I will not jump online and start an internet TV show because I feel, no, I'm going to read this book today.
0: I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> I'm going to have a nap. I have the I have these cards that I found um my old friend's house and it it it's kind of like you could you pull a card and it gives you different kind of life advice and it was like you can be ri- you can be rich and have more naps and I was like yes
1: oh that's great <laughs> and then you threw away the deck and you just have that, just card, have that and one you card pull it yeah. over every yeah. day <laughs> What about yeah. you Kate? What are you yeah, going to do different? In my
2: case it, um I certainly realized um all the things that I um, kind of that registered in my mind in the past and I just thought about them. Well, now we've had the time to really think about things and really notice things. And I, I've certainly noticed that um, I've been thinking for a while that the workplaces, the way people do work and all that, just the way our society is designed has a lot of problems. Um, and I just think a lot of the methods um, expecting people to work Really long hours and so on. It's just not, um, uh, it can produce a particular outcome, but it has so many other side effects. You know, people um, get tired, get burnt out. Uh, It's not great for families. Um, Going to the office every day as well, it's not great for the environment. It's not good for people's. um, you know um, health and mental health and everything so i really think that there will be a lot of changes um coming in and um um yeah i'm hoping to um the companies that i work with even though it's in a different role and as a cfo i'm really hoping to um, be helping uh with those types of changes redesigning the roles i've personally always thought that um having one full-time person for for any particular job is just not an ideal situation. I've always mm. questioned like why does one person have to be the superhero who does everything? Yeah, because I think I think what's interesting CEO, Kate is yeah.
0: is how you've structured your your CFO role now.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, well my current CFO role I do work with quite a few companies um uh and yes yeah, so many, many small to medium sized companies don't need a full-time cfo but even they in a, in, the, in a, a larger company i really don't feel like you need to have one person mm-hmm. doing one role like for mm-hmm. example we have one of the most successful tech companies in australia atlassian they've got two ceos so mm-hmm. if you can have two ceos why not have two of anything else mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. means quite often that people don't have to work five days a week they can work less days or less hours or whatever so
0: so you've structured work. your cfoing like that right like that you're on de- kind of an on-demand cfo but it means that the companies you work with are more flexible but you're more flexible too so you're yes innovative. i'm like more
2: flexible yes yeah. exactly yes exactly so i honestly think that that's the way of the future really just redesigning how we do things mm-hmm. You can still achieve the same things, but just with different combinations of people and work. So that's kind of my passion.
0: More sanity. I sense a theme here. (laughs) Let's go a bit slower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: That's great. So,
0: so to to wrap things up, Michael, um, what are the top three things that leaders need to know about creativity and maybe innovation for the new future?
1: The top three things. Number one, your relationship to creativity and your people's relationship to creativity is all based on a story. It's a narrative. Whatever they, there's no people have it or don't have it or this or that. The level with which they express it or you express it leverage it, you know, bring it to your day-to-day work is all driven by a story. So don't worry so much about learning a new innovation technique or a new creative tactic. Work on your relationship with you and the story between you and your creative capability because if you address that, you're in good stead. It's
0: like being the change.
1: 100%. Yeah. It's like if, if you think... You could do all the innovation programs in the world. You can be a design thinking guru and get your accreditation and get a tick and a gold badge and a star and all that stuff. But if all of that is over the top of, yeah, I'm not creative, my sister's the creative one, it's not going to make any difference because you'll sabotage it in some way uh, at some point and you'll res- you know suppress and resist and you won't put forward that most dangerous, awesome, profound idea that was going to change the world. Mm. So work on the story. Uh, the second thing <clears throat> would be that when thinking about innovation specifically or design thinking, um, you're not separate from that process. The maker is just as important as what is being made. And whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are infusing your personality, you are infusing your self-expression, your subjectivity into that product or that process. The more you embrace that, and the more consciousness you bring to that, I think the more stronger your idea or your innovation will become because then you're building out an ecosystem that is, it's not beige and it's not, um, you're in it anyway, you know? So why not just fully personalise and make it make a statement with your idea? And, and it's going to be more infectious to others anyway. I know that sounded a bit abstract, but I think with design thinking – or whatever else we, we, think that it's a process, but there's humans behind that process. Mm. And we've seen that with the way that AI happens and there's all kinds of flaws about, well, it's a single 25 year old white guy that's coding that. And so he's, he's coding in bias. He doesn't mm. even know he's doing it. Uh, that's true of any process, any creative or innovative process you're in it. So just bring consciousness and awareness yeah, for to that. better
0: or for worse. Right.
1: For better or for worse. Yeah. And the third thing I'd say is creativity is it it lives in the making. So you can look at it as you can read as many books, you can do as many programs and watch as many TED Talks and all this, even this wonderful podcast we're recording right now. (laughs) You will learn more in five minutes of making than you will listening to a hundred podcasts like this. About you, about your process, about what's possible. You will move an idea forward. Eight weeks, in two hours of focused, intentional creating, where there's no expectation or pressure. You just lose yourself in your imagination, but you're in the process of making. You're using your hands and, and moving things forward. So don't don't feel like you need a plan or a strategy or a set of tactics or a blueprint just start and start and you know it right after maybe just before or just after you start you know the you're have fun like make your intention just to have fun with the process something profound will emerge mm. it's just it's just the way that it's the way it works
0: yeah i see that in my lego serious play which is that you just when you use lego as a tool to you just start thinking with your hands and the idea is to not think. Like you can sit there and be like, I'm going to build this perfect model and doing that actually you don't and it's better just to start doing it and see what happens and you're like everybody's continually surprised at what happens.
1: Kate, you know, I, every single <laughs> – I think of you almost every day, right? Because I've oh. got two young kids. No, I really do. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because I've got a, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a three-and-a-half-year-old and we've got the Lego. And you told me about how you can put Lego on Duplo.
0: Yeah. Blew I know that my blows mind. people's minds. Blew my mind. <laughs> but
1: um, so we've got a bunch of Duplo. We've they've now, you know, the three-and-a-half-year-old, we progressed him into Lego, but then the, the younger one's not quite ready, so there's just always fights and arguments over it. So we had to put that <laughs> away. But I prefer the Duplo, to be honest. I think there's a bit more freedom in the limitation, oh. uh, which is a conversation for another day, yeah. But they, I sit there every morning, you know, they come in. or we, They always end up in our bed anyway, so they wake us up in the morning. And it's, come on, dad, come on, dad, come and play Lego. And so every single morning without fail, I'll sit there and half awake, half asleep, and I'm just putting blocks on other blocks and I don't even, you know, I'm not even there. It's not great parenting, but <laughs> I'll, I'll wake up <laughs> half an hour later and we've built this amazing magical castle of space, futuristic, tropical jungle, who knows what. <laughs> and... It's it's just the, the, that process of just mm. using your hands and putting it and then I'm away and then I come back and go, holy shit, what are, what did we <laughs> make? This is amazing. <laughs> you know, it's such a gift and, and bringing that exact same approach to your next strategic off-site
2: yeah. design
1: of your marketing strategy, blah, 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 blah. Um, God, we would have... S- such better businesses yeah and such better products and such better experiences at work and in life if we if we started there
0: because mm. I think it creates a safe space as well like we're talk, to go back to to circle back is that idea of the I mean you need, you need a few things but to have that deceptive like we're just going to play with Lego it's like everybody kind of goes back to you know being a kid and that often there's a bit of safety that comes with that play and so it's yeah
1: yeah, it's beautiful and kids are, so, <laughs> kids are so safe around each other, you yeah. know, up to a certain point. Like, I mean, my two, they'll fight about something and it's 18 seconds later <laughs> they're building something else together and they're sharing, yeah. they're creating and they're just, it's so uh, like anything goes, anything is possible and, yeah, that's a, that's a life quality we need to bring mm. back. We don't Mm. want to leave that in childhood. We need that (laughs) as adults. I
0: agree. I I agree as well. (laughs) Thank you so much, Michael.
1: Pleasure. Yeah. It's honestly, I think this is the best podcast I've ever been a part Mm. of slash listened to in the history of the entire universe.
0: (laughs) Wow!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Thank a beautiful <laughs> spirit. There's a great energy with both of you, and it just feels—it uh, feels very. Hey, it feels psychologically safe. Wow! So you're doing you a go. great job. There, <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and Michael. And if people want to find you, how how can they get in touch with you?
1: MichaelDixon.com. M Y K E L D I X O N dot com is my website. From there, if I've updated it, which I really do, but the um, book is coming out on July the first. There's a weekly live stream show, all the social media, it's the same handle. Would love to see you. I've got to get you guys on my live stream show for sure. And um, yeah, let's just keep making the world a more beautiful, creative place.
0: Sounds good. So if you want to find out more about this podcast or get in touch, you can head to creatinganewfuture.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast. It really helps us get the word out about the new future.